Welcome in and thank you so much for listening. This is WTOP News reporter Nick Ainelli. Today talking with Lokik Suthar, an executive assistant director with the Naval Criminal Investigative Service, which is often referred to as NCIS. We're talking about getting ready and staying ready as a federal law enforcement agency, and we're also going to touch on how technology has evolved to improve the NCIS mission overall. So Lokik, tell us about NCIS and essentially what crimes you investigate. So within our agency, we have a really heavy focus on uh, sexual assaults. Uh, We do have um, um, traditional felony-level crimes, murders. Uh, We we are focusing on burglaries and uh, anything that involves from a criminal threat to the personnel and uh, sailors in the Marine Corps. Now, we also have a focus on the counterintelligence side, the national security side, on uh, you know, if there's an espionage investigation, there's, if there is you know, protection of secrets, uh, ensuring that nothing is being sent out that shouldn't be sent out, um, and then ensuring that people aren't leaking information out either uh, to, to, you know, to, to push the department to uh, make sure that they are resilient for the next conflict. And let's talk about technology for a second. You know, the technology that law enforcement agencies uh, use has been developing and also the technology that we as civilians use, of course. You know, when you think about iPhones and everything like that, things have been developing so quickly. So as far as you and your mission, can you describe how the technology that you use has changed and continues to change? Focusing on the communication side. You know, traditionally, we would think communication was word of mouth, right? You just have the ability to talk to somebody, and that was communication. You can yell at somebody in the corner or yell somebody at, 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 at a far distance, and that was communication. And um, that, that was effective, right? And then what we had transitioned to was more of a radio-based. So the frequencies, uh, any of the, the, the um, communication systems with radio spectrum, that is now becoming the the premier way or the, the, the way for us to communicate. And, and when we talk about radio spectrums, that can range in, and depending on who you're speaking to. Uh, you know, you do have your traditional radios. You do have uh, what a lot of people use in their homes, like Wi-Fi. Uh, and a lot of people use Bluetooth and even NFC. Uh, then there is going to be, you know, hard phone lines. There is going to be your cordless phone. And then there also is going to be your phone that you use on a regular basis to just communicate, either using 4G, LTE, or 5G. Those are some of the few examples of what transport, transporting of information across the different radio and spectrums and the frequencies uh, that we use every day when we have to conduct our mission. Now, People traditionally, again, go back to what they think of of uh, their you know their mobile device, and I have an app, and I can get to my app, and I can communicate with somebody through this specific app, or I can use the phone, or I can use a text message, or or, or go to SMS. The reliance is simple; it's still on a radio frequency that goes across, and it's very similar to traditional radio, uh, the radio spectrum communication systems. So we, we, we have that method uh, in, in both the what we call 
LMRs, land mobile uh, radios, and then also our phones and our mobile devices. So it could be a you know, Wi-Fi puck or a MiFi puck, or it could be your hotspot on your phone. And you did mention 5G there. That's one of the things that we were wondering because there are law enforcement agencies and you know, fire departments using 5G now, and that allows for technology and streaming and video that is real-time and in high quality that you didn't have before, even just a few years ago. Are you able to describe 5G and how 5G is helping with your mission? Yeah, definitely. Uh, before I get into that, I would just talk about some of how we got to 5G. Yeah, so you know, if, if we talk about, as I described earlier, we have the, the basics of communication. Now we're talking about the problem with the communication that uh, I just described, right? Let's talk about this simple spectrum issues. Different people are operating on different uh, frequencies all the time. So you got interoperability and they're not always interoperable. And that can be a problem, especially when you're going to need to have communications fairly quickly and a high risk investigation, high risk operation, or just need to get the word out very quickly. So that's that's one problem. The other one is going to be none of the standard based system like they're the actual handheld devices are not going to be uh, compatible all the time. Meaning that they're very vendor specific or they customized depending on the local, state, federal, uh, law enforcement or public safety department. They're not always going to be compatible with the, the the other LMR systems out there. Then, just like you talked about, advancing technology, going to 5G. 5G, it will not always be compatible backwards. So that's that's another problem, right? You're going to have your IP, your internet protocol based uh, communications, as I talked about earlier. Then you're going to have the broadband technology, but they're not going to be backward compatible. And then. Uh, another piece is you're not going to say that you have one way of communication. What is your backup? You're always going to have to have a backup on how you communicate. How do you get the important information out? Because that's all it is. How do you get your data from one point to another? Is it communicative data or is it stored information that's going across? What is the backup channel? And then finally, it's going to be encryption. And this this encryption piece is key because you don't want everybody to know what you're discussing. You don't, we want to have that privacy piece and everything that I just talked about was a problem that some of it continues today. And some of it has been, uh, we, we figured out technology to better ourselves in the communicative strategy for the future, but it uses the CIA model, right? CIA, CIA standing for confidentiality, uh, integrity of information, and the availability of information. So all of what I said is part of that. Going to the 5G, the more advanced side, no matter what happens, for our organizations, we, we, you know, we use it in different ways. Um, we, we have our um, smart devices that we have to connect, but again, we 5G is just one mechanism through communication. Is it the only way? Of course not. We use the LMRs. Uh, and even the LMRs, they have the LTE and 5G uh, capable. Now, what if, like us, we work with a lot of local, NCIS works a lot with local and state police and other federal agencies. What we need to focus on is 
some agencies aren't going to have that same type of capability or advancement as others for varying reasons. So we got to have the a way to ha- uh, to to bridge, if you will, these communications because events that happen very quickly. You don't have time to go in and talk about how do we communicate. Well. You know, we'll give you some devices. We'll take some devices. That's that's not that's not going to work. We're going to always come in with our devices, and you got to ensure it's five. Um, if they're using five G, something that's quick, get information from one side to another. Uh, that's going to be key. Five G doesn't do it faster, but five G increases the operational bandwidth. And I'm not talking about from the spectrum, but from an operational standpoint. It's not just communicating from point to point. We're talking about how do you communicate to the helicopter or the plane that's an eyesight, or you might have a drone, or you might be working with uh, another organization that have to transfer large amounts of information. 5G has that capability. And you, you, sometimes you don't have to use the, uh, the repeaters or any of the cell towers. So you, you need to have that consistency and connection uh that's where that's where mobile devices it's a little different because first things that go down could be the mobile device but you have to have where you can just press the button send your communication and get the information downrange so we can uh, ensure that there's the, the public safety and then the safety of the the officers and the, the people that are there on site or handling a situation, if, you know, be it an investigation or an operation. If we can put the technology piece aside for a second and just talk about the the way that your agency is interoperable with state and local agencies. You're on the federal level, but you need to stay in contact with other agencies in the region, in the regions in which you operate. Can you describe how your agency is able to communicate with state and local agencies? So uh, what we do is Within uh, NCIS, we, we designate channels that are programmed for the every uh, special agent's LMR, right? We want to ensure that it's communicating with the state and federal in any environment. That, that's key, depending on where you are. But what we do is we use channels that are outlined in the National Interoperability Fields Operation Guide. It's the um, uh, NIFOG. It's, it's published by DHS. And this provides the you know the reference for agencies to plan and execute the operations during incident. You know we have multiple uh, law enforcement or agencies that are going to be involved in a situation. Now, if we can't get on the on the same channel, we do have uh, what is called LMR trunk systems, and um, what we do is. We would be programmed into their radios with the specific channels, and then we'll use that for the joint uh, operation and investigation. Now, if we're not on the same completely different channel, it's going to take too long. There's going to be, like I said before, how do you still, how are you still backwards compatible or stay with interoperability? And uh, what we have we use in our organization is the uh, interoperability gateway that allows up to four different agencies to plug in their phone, their their actual donor radios, what we call, and then it's pretty seamless. You know, it's push to talk, and then you just communicate over that channel, and it, and it goes over this 
this uh, this like I said gateway that um, it's relevant to you if you need to be on the same frequency, same channel, same. You don't have to worry about that piece of it, and it, it works really well with the encryption piece. If all of this fails, and we, we this is this is where we want to stay when we do communications, but our of course, you have your you know, mobile devices, you have your cell phones, smart devices, right? We, we do have an ability where we can communicate uh, on that channel. And then, you know, uh, we just don't look, work with local and state um, within the United States. You know, we're in 41 countries. We have 191 offices across 41 countries. So it's a, we got to work with a lot of people. But predominantly, we're really focused on the state and local in the United States. And when you work with other agencies like that, why is it important to be prepared when there's nothing to respond to? Obviously, not every day do you have something that you have an event that you need to respond to, but that relationship has to be there, right? Like that has to be an ongoing thing to work at. Oh, of course, that, that relationship is key. That, that, that is the reason why, um, if, if it's the first time you meet in an organization or a state or local agency, then it just takes some time to just to understand each other's systems. But if you built the relationship, it's it's an easy call from our technical specialist with their technical specialists, and they get together and the, the, the system's already set up. You already have it in a common language, if you will. Hey, we use this one. This is what we're using. Got it. It's already pre-programmed. But those relationships get built early on. It's, it's built early on. The the field offices uh, that um, are across the United States, they have these wonderful relationships with the local and state that they're working, um, you know, working with them every day, in fact. If you are able to cite an example, a real-world example of a situation where your agency worked on a response with state or local agencies, you know, and recent history or anything that comes to mind. We are working with the Metropolitan Washington Council of Government Public Safety Subcommittee uh, and, and really strengthening the interoperability uh, with the state and locals, especially in this, in the Washington area. Um, it's, it's, it happens every day. I, I can just tell you that the interaction and the communication occurs every day. It, it doesn't stop. Now, if, if, if somebody was looking for a specific example, just turn on the news. If you don't hear anything about having a problem with multiple agencies working together at a scene or at a you know, life-threatening event or it's something that's really newsworthy and it does not come up, of a communication problem, then that means that it worked. So it happens every day. That, that, that communication where individuals are working with one another happen every single day, especially with our organization. We've, we've got multiple field offices uh, across the United States working with the state, local, and federal side. It's, it's key. Okay, very well said. That is Lokik Suthar, an executive assistant director with the Naval Criminal Investigative Service. This is WTOP News reporter Nick Ainelli. Thanks so much for listening.